0: Mike, it's Max from TapSoon. Hey, how you doing, sir? Quite well, how are you? Welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: I'm really excited to have you on our podcast
1: because
0: I came across you six years ago about at Austin GDC when like free-to-play GDC was kind of weirdo GDC. You know. It was like oh, yeah. It wasn't cool guy, GDC. It was like, oh, he's one of those guys, GDC. You went to Austin, not to L.A. or wherever. It was being held sensitive to And you gave a right. talk about, um, God, I don't know. It must have just been about social game mechanics. But the thing that you said that crystallized for me is the, like, strangeness of the whole new world and that always, always just held my attention was you said, I made causes. I made vampire games on Facebook, I think what also did was i looked at myspace posts i looked at thousands and thousands of myspace posts and i hand curated this data and what i learned is that if a woman replies to a man's post it is 50 percent more likely that the next reply will also be from a woman and vice versa that there is sexual competition that exists in myspace posts and this was seven years ago and using that you were able to make your games do more better by sort of leveraging those same behaviors you'd seen in that space. The whole thing, I was like, oh, my
1: God, we are truly in the future.
2: <laughs> Any of that ring a bell? Yeah,
1: yeah was I remember that. I, uh, uh, yeah, and I I think one of the, the fascinating things that happened there, I'm trying to recall if I was specifically discussing MySpace or Facebook, um, because uh, I, I mean, there's there's several elements of play at play there that were just fascinating to me. Um, as an example, uh, uh, you know, what's what's a good way to put it? We've there's certain human behaviors where we're very trained uh, to do pattern recognition and and, uh, and 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 apply you know even relatively artificial constructs to 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 you know these, these hierarchies that we use to recognize status. And one of the easiest you know, implementations of that is a leaderboard, right? You know, you know, you, you rank things, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, top to bottom. And it's, it's the way our mind works when you see uh, a, a list of, uh, you know, pretty much anything. Um, so one of the, the, the brilliant implementations I think this was Facebook that did it first. MySpace may have fast followed. Um, but uh, Facebook's newsfeed was in reverse chronological order, so you have newest posts on top, and it was fascinating to see, and I, I like I don't remember who did it first, whether it was MySpace or Facebook. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure someone else has that. but uh, as soon as that that be, that, uh, that, that architecture was introduced, uh, you absolutely raised uh, interactivity on on the on the newsfeed. Uh, for, for these services because of that, that implied, I'm, you know, at the top of a list uh behavior. <laughs> and it's particularly, and it's particularly interesting, um, you know, uh, it, you know, what's a, what's a good way to put it? Um, uh, you know, an oversimplification would be to, to simply look at the data, you know, saying here's, here's how, uh, you know, people behave depending on, you know, like, are they, are they posting above someone of the, of the same gender, but it's, uh, it, it's interesting to note that it's it's even more nuanced. It's not just you know men trying to post above men, but it's it's usually on the recipient's profile uh, if they're of the gender to which they're attracted. So, for example, uh, if you know if someone is attracted to women, um, they want that top spot if if they're posting on a woman's wall, right? And and vice versa, if someone's attracted to men, you you see the same behavior. Um, and yeah. it's it's such a it's such a strong correlation that it's. Uh, it's pretty amazing to 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 think that something as silly as, uh, you know, did did a man or a woman post before me, uh, you know, having that interact or you know, kind of like drive my 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 behavior to, to do this be a high uh, predictor, yeah, of yeah, upcoming it's, behavior. It's kind of silly, and I, I I saw certain patterns in 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 a lot of things uh, like that, and it was always fascinating to me. Um, you know, as an example, I think uh, you alluded to my, my games on Facebook. Um, uh, a very interesting data point that uh, just fascinated me to no end was that, uh, well, I'll give you a bit of context before I jump into just, just the data. Um, the uh, There were multiple games that I created. One was uh, a zombie game, and then, you know, shortly thereafter I followed with a, uh, a vampire game. And Under the Hood these games were identical. Um, And, and, I mean, like, exact same code bases, um, there was a a variable, literally. There was, like, you know, if, you know, application number is one, two, three, four, then, you know, monster's name equals vampire, and, you know, and use these, you know, set of ten pictures or whatever. Um, I mean, mean, that was really the difference between the two. And, you know, and, and so... Uh, I mean, every element of this was uh, – of, of the two games was identical except for a different set of pictures. But that difference, be, you know, created very, very different user behavior. Um, and what uh, what I saw, you know, is you know Facebook's amazing about making, uh, uh, you know, this, this kind of – what's a good way to put it. Uh, if you're a data junkie, Facebook's amazing. Once you get, like, you know, tons of users, you can be like, wow, I see these amazing – you know behaviors at scale, and I can I can I can test. Them you get very a petri rapidly. dish unparalleled to anything anybody's <laughs> ever had access to before. It really at, is yeah. because I mean if you just run like user surveys, people are going. You know it introduces introduces an element of like well how should I answer this, and so you have to be clever about getting at the data you want without betraying what data you want because you know what people say and what they do is always very different. Um, always. And, uh, always always yeah. always. Which, which, which drives me nuts when I'm like, man, we ran, you know, some market research data and the people aren't behaving consistently with what they claim they would do, Um, (laughs) you know, which is, which is, I mean, you know, in in Finnish it happens uh, a lot, but, um, and it's always, you know, I I mean, you can see the evidence of this in like every psych study ever done uh, where people are like, okay, they know they're in a psych study. But what they don't realize is we're testing this, and we're telling them this. I think there's all this misdirection that has to go, uh, has to go on in order to actually get get the real data. Um, yeah. So in the, so I sorry for uh, uh, kind of uh, running off topic for a moment, but uh, but nonetheless, one of the things that was fascinating I saw um, in the very first implementation of these games, uh, there was only a single uh, mechanic, um, and that mechanic was. Uh, you can invite people to play the game and that levels you up. Um, it's very, very simple. Uh, you know, calling it a game is, is definitely generous. It's simply one game mechanic, and I later added many, many more mechanics to, you know, it probably six months before I would call it a real game. Um, but that, that one mechanic uh, was core to both of those games because, uh, the and the reason I chose these particular uh horror myths, is that the mechanic, I could make that consistent with uh, the myth in that I could say, all right, here is a vampire trying to turn you into a vampire through an invitation. And I would specifically say, oh, an invitation is is like biting a person, right? Yeah. Now, uh, which, you know, I know it's silly, it always makes people laugh, but it's wildly effective. Uh, And the crazy thing is, with only one single mechanic the only difference between these games was the pictures and what I was, you know, calling the monster. Uh, and that, beha- that, that resulted in radically different user behaviors So with this single mechanic. So it's kind of like, like all other things equal. I had one, you know, one variable between these two games, which is a set of pictures. And users treated, played, you know, there's only one thing they could do in the game, and they, they did it dramatically different. So check this out. Um, the difference was that with the vampire game, people were uh, the, the the correlation was insane. It was like over 85 percent more likely to bite someone that was of the gender to which they were attracted mm, um, than in the, than in the zombie game. And if you think about those two particular myths um, between zombies and vampires, the myth is is, is as follows: um, in a vampire movie. The over i mean there there are exceptions but overwhelmingly most vampire uh you know films novels et cetera the moment of bite is a moment of seduction um so there's a, a, a sexual component to it you know usually it's oh my gosh, here's this beautiful vampire seducing the guy or or you know super handsome uh you know vampire guy seducing this 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 you know this woman and uh whereas you know contrast that with say, uh, the zombie myth, where zombies are indiscriminate. There's no moment well, of seduction they're ripping
0: of... your throat out with blood spraying <laughs> yeah. onto three or four walls in the room. Like it's it's a yeah. very different thing.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no moment of seduction. There's no love story or you know you know you know you know forbidden love kind of scenario going on. And so you had simply the act of telling people you are a vampire versus you are a zombie resulted in radically different behavior, um, you know, and, and people behaved. And they only could do one thing in these games, but they still behaved consistent with the myth. They, they thought to themselves, well, you know, if I was, I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's more subconscious, not so explicit in their thinking, but they were thinking, I'm a vampire. Well, if I was a vampire, I would bite this person or this person because I, I, I think they're attractive or, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun way of kind of like flirting with them. So here's here's
0: here's a here's a question for you. Actually, so you've seen Pulp Fiction?
1: I have. It's been a while, but of course, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a great scene in Pulp Fiction where um, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta are talking about giving Marcel's wife a foot rub because somebody Marcel Marcel is the boss, right? And somebody gave Marcel's wife a foot rub, and that guy's dead now. And they're arguing right. about this. And he's like, dude, it was just a foot rub. Like, you shouldn't have killed him for a foot rub. And he's like, are you about to rub my feet? Samuel Jackson says, John Travolta, are you about to rub my feet? And he's like, of course not. And he's like, well, right. then, you know, what are the
1: follow? It is, is there, the sexual, of yeah, there, there is a sexual, yeah, there is, you know, there's, there's something sexual about the activity. It, you know, otherwise, you would happily give me a foot rub, right, with his argument. Exactly. Right. It
0: comes back to the poke, the original poke on Facebook. What did that poke mean? That was a lot of different things. I'm going to poke my girlfriend. Am I going to poke my boss?
1: Probably not. I don't don't know exactly, but... Well, and I think, you know, you bring up poke. That's a a very interesting example because one of the things, I mean, that poke contains no data. It's it's simply a binary. They either poked or they haven't. No data other than the source of, of who did it. And... What uh, what is brilliant about coke uh, is that it's actually it, the ambiguity leaves it open to interpretation. So people, you know, if if someone you're attracted to, you know, were to poke you, you would you you might think to yourself, oh, you know, maybe they have a slight crush. They're flirting. You know, you know how this would know, be a good go, thing. And, Ultimately, it would be uh, a good thing. Absolutely. And then, whereas if it's one of your friends. I, I mean, I, I do this, of course. I'm like, oh, that's just, you know, my, my buddy from high school, he's saying, hey, what's up, right? And that's all yeah. I read into it. Whereas if it's, you know, someone that I, I, I was interested in, I would almost certainly be like, oh, wow, this person's flirting with me. They must think I'm, you know, you know funny, brilliant, fun, attractive, whatever.
0: Well, and then uh, what know? if it's your boss's <laughs> boss for some reason, right? What if, like, or what if your old principal from high school
1: pokes you? That's right. interesting. Look, but, you don't know exactly what that is, right, because you would be like, "Wait a minute, should I interpret this as flirting because if so, there's a power dynamic at play that complicates this uh and i'm I have no doubt that <laughs> poke has been the source of many many you know millions of man years of anxiety <laughs> you know for for you know better or worse we're we're very prone to reading into and looking for." something bigger than is actually there. I'm uh I and I've 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 certainly uh had different what's a good way to put it different behaviors on uh, uh you know Facebook in terms of how I'll I'll treat folks. There's time where I was like, okay this is fun, I'm gonna try and like uh you know, poke immediately back to someone uh that's you know, that was literally just a friend where I feel like we were almost competing to try and be like you have an unanswered notification. Just knowing it was going to bug each one of us, and so yeah, I was yeah. like, haha, it, almost like almost like playing hot potato with a friend, right? Yeah. Whereas if I was attracted to someone, I was like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to immediately, you know, poke back because it'll look like I'm. Like I'm I should definitely away. wait
0: twenty four hours. I'm not definitely. Yeah, yeah, i got to, I've got to play it cool. cool. You know, like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, and I, I think that, uh, you know. I, I I'm absolutely sure that people have uh, you know called friends in the past and been like okay you know she poked back you know what do I do how long do I wait all the, all kinds of stuff just trying to figure out what's the the cool you know appropriate response that that is the
0: optimal response yes,
1: exactly so uh, but no I I think personally uh, one of the things that you know as, as humans we do is we're always going to try and interpret and look for there to be more data than actually is there. And I, I'm confident that most of the time that's wasted effort because, you know, if uh, what's a good way to put it? The, the amount of time, you know, between a text or a poke or a call or any of that, the vast majority of the time, it's not nearly as calculated and as uh, intent-based. It's more uh, happenstance and coincidental, but we can't help ourselves for trying to read something else into it. Uh, half the time
0: it's just like the goddamn mobile LinkedIn setup where they let you automatically friend people by like clicking on them <laughs> basically by mistake, you know? Absolutely. Um, okay, so you are the you are a forefather, you are a pioneer of social games. That would be an appropriate term, certainly. Um, I think that's how fair. about Media Spike and what you do now, or what you've done in between? I mean, maybe a little bit in between, but also what are you working on now? What's got you juiced up?
1: you know? So so right now, uh, what's got me extremely excited, and it's everybody's biased because they're excited about their current project. So, um, you know, MediaSpike recently pivoted into building mobile VR apps. And I, like I said, I'm absolutely biased. I think mobile VR is phenomenal fun. It's, It's amazing. I think that uh, if, if you haven't played with any VR headset yet, it's the very first thing you should do when you get off the phone with me. Um, historically, uh, VR has just been a—it's been a tough space because for the last 20 years, uh, every time people have tried on, you know, put something together, here's a new VR demo, the the takeaway has been really okay. Well, 20 years from now, this will be an interesting experience. <laughs> Then, I mean, you know, really, it's like, ooh, wow, you know, now there's more green line, you know, and, and you know, more green lines available, and I can see, you know, there are you know, twice as many polygons as the last thing from four years ago, but it's still uh, so far away from being something that's realistic and immersive. Um, yeah. that You know, and that's just how it's always felt until, you know, quite frankly, I mean, I mean, I say until, I'm sure there were other demos that had achieved, you know, similar or close, Fidelities, but when when Oculus kind of caught the uh, the the public's mindshare, uh, that was the one that really seemed to you know bring it into the the the, the public's consciousness and, and and tell us, well, wait a minute, this isn't 20 years away anymore. Suddenly, here's the thing where you could imagine within a few years it's going to happen, um, which which was wildly wildly exciting. So, uh, and I, I know you know hats off to the Oculus team because. They, they they don't want to release something, you know, to the consumers too early. They they recognize, okay, we've got to, you know, work on, you know, these you know, latency and resolution issues, but it's so damn close that suddenly instead of feeling like I said, like it's 20 years away, suddenly it's like, wow, this might only be two years away. And that's pretty exciting because now <laughs> the technology is finally catching up to the vision from 20 years ago. So I I think that, uh, you know, Oculus is, is certainly exciting in that respect. But the the difficulty with an experience like Oculus is because it is so cutting edge and intense and, and, and kind of latest greatest tech required, you put yourself in a situation where the the first people buying Oculus are almost certainly going to be the hardcore gaming crowd. Uh yep. the, the the people the people that like every time there's you they know, have a installed new, their they, own graphics card in their computer. Oh yeah.
2: And they're they have to basically do it, and, like and they have, a barometer yeah and if so you've never game, done that,
1: you probably didn't buy oculus. <laughs> that's probably true and And every time a new first person shooter game comes out, you buy a new graphics card because it's just knocking oh, everyone yeah. over. Oh yeah, it is so so painful so i it's almost certain that that's gonna be the the group that wants uh that buys oculus first, and you know that's you know we we still don't have a release date. I don't believe, so you know. The the time frame for a million people to have Oculus, maybe it's sometime next year, but it's still going to be the hardcore gaming crowd, almost certainly. Now, uh, the people that might buy mobile VR devices, though was a much, much more interesting ecosystem for me because uh, 99% of the headset is something the majority of the people... Are uh, already well. I say the majority of the people. I, I should clarify uh, the people that have smartphones. Right. That market size is, is that a billion people now? I I don't know. I'm sure there's numbers that they. Here's how many people have smartphones. Uh, that it's market huge. is it's huge. It's much much bigger than the hardcore gaming market. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seven hundred like, million iOS devices sold. That many Android, probably more. Some are off yeah. the shelves, but yeah, we're talking about billion plus. There is a real market of people here.
1: So profoundly right. agree. Whereas, if you said, you know, like PlayStation is announcing their their VR headset, the 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 number of people that might buy that will not exceed. I mean, as it's like say, every single owner of a PlayStation Four got that tomorrow, there'd still be only 22 million of those in the wild, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Which
1: I mean, I mean, that's an amazing success story for PlayStation. By the way, it's just. It's it's uh, what's a good way to think about it's it. It's not you that know, interesting
0: market... for you as a creator of content. There's not
1: that many people there,
0: relative yeah, to no, the billion yeah.
1: people who've got a smartphone in their pocket. Exactly, and I I would say 100%. that the, the opportunity on mobile VR is to create uh, kind of you know it's it has a is a market that's as large as you know the market for Angry Birds or Candy Crush or any of that, uh, whereas the, the 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 Oculus kind of the hardcore PC gaming market, you know, it's you'll have you know the market that's Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, that sort of thing, and and those are you know those those have you know on the on the order of like ten twenty million people playing those type of games, but it's not Candy Crush, which I think claimed five hundred million, right? Something like
2: crazy.
1: <laughs> uh, is it that high? I'm, that's a stupid number. That's amazing. And I, I, I was trying to exaggerate a number. I may actually undershoot. I'm sure someone from King is, uh, you know, if someone from King hears this, they'll be like, well, actually, it was 600. Uh, <laughs> which, which is, you know, I mean, the crazy thing is that it's, it's orders of magnitude larger. So yeah. I'm personally very excited about the space. Uh, and, and I think anyone that gets their hands on something like a Gear VR device or, um, say, like Google Cardboard, any of that, It's admittedly not as, the fidelity is not as high as you see with Oculus, but it's damn close and it's incredibly compelling. So I don't uh, think that,
0: so so I'm actually super hyper deep on mobile VR. I'm all about it. Um, I'm building side projects. Like I have this full-time marketing job at an amazing startup that I love working with great people and we're fucking killing it right now. So that's definitely my focus. But I have a small team of students that I used to work with, that I used to teach, that I'm working with now. We're building stuff together, like, on the side. It's super fun. I love it. I don't think the fidelity is an issue. I've never been a bigger screen guy on, like, home TV either. I don't need, like, another digit added to whatever figure you're measuring this year as far as coolness and TVs go. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. To me, what's missing, and, like, I truly – So my my own take on this, now that you've just got me ranting, is that um, mobile VR is huge. I don't know if mobile VR is the gateway drug to real VR or if it is the end point in and of itself. Um, I do think everybody's going to start. We've all got the computer. Right now, there's a town near Vancouver called Richmond. Richmond's got this awesome Chinese night market. You go there, you buy your cell phone cases for like two bucks, five bucks for your iPhone case, the Android case. Pretty soon, that Android case is going to have a strap attached to it, and you will just Tap it to your head. It's going to be like half iPhone case, half cheap kid scuba mask. It will literally cost $5, and it will have the two little plastic lenses you need. Like, you know, everybody's excited about the big piece of hardware that's coming, the fancy hardware, the Gear VR from Samsung with their, like, it fits that phone perfectly. None of that fucking matters. I've got the cardboard. It just needs to generally kind of fit. Like I said, a rubber strap that you slide in, we're good. What's amazing to me is that nobody seems to be focused on iOS content. Just because there's no big-name iOS headset right now, nobody in the mobile space is building anything for iOS. It's the weirdest thing. There's like a couple core experiences. None of them are good games. They're all interesting video stuff. And everybody seems to be not looking at where the ball is going, obsessed with where the ball is right now. And that seems odd and short-sighted to me for an industry that thinks of the future as much as we do.
1: Right. Well, now, if I I had a crystal ball, uh, I I would – you know, to be able to say with certainty. But based on past experience with Apple, here's my guess. Now, I, I, I assume you probably saw, since, since you follow the space, there was an announcement, or say not an announcement, there was someone that found, here's documents showing Apple either patented or applied for a patent for a mobile VR headset that's iPhone compatible. And if I had to guess without knowing, uh, any facts whatsoever, having no inside information, My guess is Apple is working on it. It could be quite a ways out there. As soon as they launch it, they'll make it almost certainly impossible for you to do uh, anything interesting other than, uh, you know, VR using their official headset, right? That's just the way they tend to behave. Even if you think about it like, you can drop an iPhone into a cardboard device now. It just you put it in stereoscopic view mode. You know, I wouldn't put past Apple to simply say, and, you know, we want you to use our approved headsets so that the experience is that much richer. And then, you know, people will absolutely flock towards that. You'd be crazy not to, right? Because, uh, you know, you doing things on Apple's platform, not you know, the way Apple doesn't want you to is never a good call. <laughs> We've all There's,
0: lost at least once trying to outsmart Apple.
1: I've done it, yeah. I'm sure
0: you've done it. Everybody <laughs> thought they were cool enough to like, get that one in-app purchase through or ignore that yeah. one rule, 10.4, blah, blah, blah.
1: And we all got yeah. stepped
0: on when we tried to suck
1: the Yeah, these days there's a lot of startups that all have a story of, and here's how I was playing in the gray area of Apple's rules. They didn't explicitly prohibit it. And <laughs> I, I, anyone that's been around long enough knows, that's not a smart place to build a company. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> That's just there's a, the, um, the 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 uh, I'm going to argue a technicality of Apple rules with Apple is um, not something I've ever heard of a single example of that working in a developer server So I I think that uh, what we're going to see on Apple is is something like that. There will there will be some amount of you know, hey, we've you know we've got something working with Apple and and Google cardboard devices. And whenever Apple announces or releases their device, it's going to be something where people have to hustle to make sure they they switch over to the Apple-approved devices. But, you know, almost certainly it's going to be, you know, a better experience in the developer's uh, best interest anyway. So, uh, so that being said, I, I think that – oh, and one of the things I heard you mention earlier is you didn't know whether it would be a stepping stone. Mobile VR would be a stepping stone, kind of like a gateway rather to yeah. you know these more immersive kind of like the oculus of the world. My sense of it is that and I like if I had to guess, I would say that's unlikely because the experiences that will work in both worlds will be very different. I think the mobile VR experiences will, you know, really, really trend towards more bite sized short form interaction, whereas the Oculus ones will become, you know, you know, much like you see with uh, you know, PC or or console gaming—they're much longer. Yeah, the big games, all the Dragon yeah. games, and all the
0: amazing like Lord of the Rings, Dragon Age, Origins. Yeah, that's all like, something that you want to like get naked in your big comfortable room at home and like not talk to the outside world for three hours.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not.
0: I'm on the bus ride home.
1: Yeah, I'm on the bus playing Angry Birds. Doesn't suddenly turn a person into saying, you know what? I'm now going to buy a four thousand dollar gaming computer. and and fire up (laughs) the latest crisis, you know, it's just, you you know what I mean? Like that's, there are people that. Okay.
0: So you're talking to, you're talking to a super fan of you. I tried it once. I thought it was really interesting. I tried it twice. I call it my um, nearly spiritual Christmas moment. I get it. (laughs) I totally, I really get it. I've tried it many times since then. It's usually not that good, but I know how good it can be. And Even when it's not that good, it's still cool. Like, it's just that a lot of the apps I have on my iPhone with my cardboard are shitty when I show up. But I finally got some good ones. Things are picking up great. Like I said, I believe I see it... I think that this is bigger than movies, honestly, like, in 100 years from now. I think that the VR industry will be bigger than the movie industry was 100 years after it got out the gates. I am a super believer. But I do not have an answer to... The masking in thing, the point where, like, I don't understand how we get through the cultural hiccup of, hey, man, come over so we can put masks on together. That seems weird to me still. I said to somebody, movie theaters were weird. People come over, what, you're all going to sit and stare at the wall together? And they're like, yeah, it's called a play. And we've been doing it for thousands of years. There's this one very difficult To wrap your head around behavior i think we're going to get through it don't get me wrong but that part i don't have a rational explanation for i'm on blind faith that we're going to get through that
1: weird masking part unless the answer is magically because there's no masks right and that certainly may be the case um i think the there's there's some things that are very easy to dismiss as this is an epic you know this this will never work because it's too socially awkward however we've definitely in very very short order form Socially, we've been we've we've acclimated to new technologies in a way that's not uh, nearly as a what's a what's a good way to say it not nearly as it wasn't as hard uh, as you would have thought. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. Like for example, Facebook's a great example of this. Um, when Newsfeed first came out, people were outraged, freaking out, throwing a tantrum, but uh, and but. Now it's 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 common form. People shrug their their shoulders like, of course there's a newsfeed on you know many 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 different uh, you know sites and products these days. So and and that was this you know radical shift from you know and 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 now it's actually not just I'm on a social network posting this data privately to the people I've connected with and chosen, but all the defaults are public. Which is yeah,
0: I'm uh, leaving these footprints everywhere I go by virtue of being yeah. online.
1: Which is radically different than the way people would engage with technology recent and, until just a few years ago. So, my sense of it is, there's a chance that we'll be there's a chance that we'll you know acclimate to having these these devices uh, on us, and it may be that the form factor has to change significantly. It might be that something even like 3D glasses today are a little bit you know clumsy, but you can imagine just you know glasses that look like regular glasses. Could be yeah. the appropriate uh, form factor um that, that 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 will you know you know suddenly become socially acceptable now uh i I mean I imagine the first few people that wore glasses people thought they were insane right they were like, well, what are you <laughs> doing why why do you have these like you know glass things on your face uh but you know quite- quite quickly the technology was adopted because people were like, "Oh my God, this is amazing, I can see." <laughs> um, <and> I, <laughs> I don't care if people look at me like I'm weird. Uh, and, and, and now, you know, glasses are, of course, and have been for a very long time, commonplace and acceptable. I think um, Google Glass is a great example of the form factor uh, bothered people. But if the form factor became simply glasses, it would be absolutely acceptable to to, to wear Google Glass. And I, I think that the fundamental, what's a good way to put it, kind of like the fundamental innovation there was Here's the HUD in real life. And there's nothing to, there's nothing that's going to stop that. Like, the HUD is coming. We're going to. Yeah. Uh, it, and, and, the, and, and the people that don't have it are going to be like the people that don't wear glasses and need them. They're going to miss out on a lot. And I mean, if I had a HUD and it was, you know, maybe it's initially glasses, eventually contact lenses, it's going to be a huge competitive advantage over the people that don't have it. Um, if, I mean, Dude, I mean, I've been making I mean, this argument
0: to people and like I've legitimately been upsetting people by saying pretty soon you're going to have to put the chip into your head. You're going to have to split the internet into your brain because it is going to be such an evolutionary advantage. To not do it will be like some letter yeah. things. And I am very, very, very yeah. uncomfortable with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for this. I will get out there with my sign and protest this even being possible. But... I also recognize that when the 1% start doing it and then the 10% start doing it, I'm going to probably need my kids to start doing it so that they end up even having kids. You know, like oh, the, yeah. the the evolutionary advantage is scary and real, but when people plug in, when people truly plug in in the back of their head and have that hub that you're talking about, you know, when you see the gun before anybody else does, when you can find the protein before anybody else does, when you can do everything better... You win. You're a Absolutely. winner. You are an yeah,
1: evolutionary and, winner. And the form factor will go through a few clumsy iterations before it's finally something that's appropriate. But, like, I mean, you give me the option of here's some contact lenses, and when you wear them, you'll be able to drive at night much safer than anybody else your age. You'll have something that is monitoring your glucose levels and make recommendations about healthy diet choices. I mean, all of those things. Yeah, I yeah. You You are literally – we have proven
0: statistically that you are going to live 15 years longer if you wear one of our Apple Health
1: bracelets than if you don't.
0: Of course, you're going to wear an Apple Health bracelet. That's 15 years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, know. I, I mean, and and I think you know some people have have they're they're kind of uh, critical of the quantified self movement because it's been you see a lot of these like wearables where it's like well you know a lot of people they wear the Fitbit or whatever for a couple months and then they 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 just kind of you know drop the habit. And what that feels like, quite frankly, it feels similar to the, the, the smartphones of the world where you had, you know, for many years, you had people experimenting with smartphones and they were, nobody got it just right. And then, you know, Apple kind of like teed off this explosion by saying, look, the smartphone experience is, is you know, is, is this, it's the iPhone. And that's suddenly an experience that took smartphones from just the, the weird geeky people that wanted to send email from their, their cell phone to, well, what do you mean? Your, your phone doesn't have internet access? That's insane, right? That's unheard <laughs> of now. And I, I think that you will see the same thing. Like you have, in a, in a very short order of time, we're going to have someone that gets just the right wearable where suddenly it becomes, you'd be crazy not to have this. Why would you not have something that is telling you, you know, that could give you a heads up like, hey, Blake, you've been stressing your heart a lot the last few weeks. You need to take some downtime. We, you know, here's some things you need to do to maintain your health because otherwise you might end up you're at risk of a heart attack. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, everybody I know that's ever had a heart attack dramatically changes their behavior. But what if you had a heads up like a few weeks before, right? Wouldn't you stop yeah. smoking really? You'd stop smoking really fast. You'd suddenly be like, you know what? I think I'm gonna stop eating so much food and and I'm gonna you know start eating more salad or wh- whatever it is all of that yeah. sort of thing becomes very interesting because, it, you know, to your point, it's a huge evolutionary advantage and I, to, to be able to have something that does give you, you know, an experience that it's not just, hey, here's how many steps I like, tracked you taking today is is much more interesting and I, I, I imagine that what's going to happen is whoever gets wearables correct is going to be the, the company that provides you with not just data, but Actionable info, like you know, instead of saying
2: compelling Blake,
1: data, data yeah, that like, moves you. Yeah, something that says, hey, instead of Blake, you took 2,000 steps today. Something that says, hey, Blake, you should order the spinach salad and hold the dressing because you have, your sodium level is too high today. I mean, that's yeah, that's way more useful to me because I'll be, like, you know, I'm like at a restaurant about to order, and if, if a wearable, you know, says here's something we recommend because You've done this, or or a wearable tells me like, hey dude, you're a little bit dehydrated. You should have a glass of water. That uh, apparently my my wearables are all surfers because uh, they 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 <laughs> all the notifications start with hey dude. Um, <laughs> but we uh, you get the point, right? I I think that's much more compelling. So to me.
0: To me, what's interesting is that the the and I'm like another another quick tangent on this is I'm trying to think of the terminology. I have to talk about the idea that. The word cyberspace is dead because cyberspace suggested there was this space on the computer online where mm-hmm. you went, and that was cyberspace. That term is expired because Foursquare and Tinder and whatever the hell don't happen in cyberspace, right? Like the internet is now intersecting real life, blah, blah, blah. Yes. So when I sit around talking about VR with my wife and her friends, my wife is super cool. She's like follows my nerdisms pretty hard. Her friends all like literally they cover their mouth and snicker, and they're like, What's VR? And I'm like, Oh my God. So, so, uh, but to me, what's even more interesting than what's VR in the words we're using today is what are the years we're going to use in 10 or 15 years because VR or virtual reality or augmented reality is the cyberspace and the information, super freeway terminology of 15 years ago. Right. And so one thing that I just find interesting is where is this terminology going to go? How does that shape the actual product and the vision? How does it, language shape that and then just to note that this to me the mask that we're all using right now and that we have to use right now is like the car phone of cellular phones from day one the first time somebody saw a car phone they were like oh my god that's cool but the next moment they were like but god damn it that's not enough like that's obviously yeah. this isn't going to stay in the phone cell- i never know why anybody got into the car phone business you knew you were going to be in business for like six years total unless you were using that to leapfrog into cell phones like that was not a growth business, right? That was a that was an uh, attribution. What's the word? Arbitrage. That was arbitrage. type technology. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: well, and, so I wonder. And I. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go and ahead. I, I mean,
1: I would I would say that you know the the car phone was actually like a stepping stone, and, and it's it's a great analogy to say you know Google Glass was a stepping stone, right? Like. Oh, it, the car phone was Google Glass. Nice one. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's not quite like. And and, and it, it followed a very similar pattern of adoption where you know it's like okay you know people bought it and you had an enormous number of people that were like well why would you need that why do you want it oh you must be a rich douchebag that sort of thing like an alarming number of technologies start out as being something like only for you know the 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 one tenth of one percent of the world but then eventually you know you know production costs lower and. You, you make them available to the entire world. Like right now, everybody that has a smartphone has a car phone. You know? It's just your your phone so freaking <laughs> connects to a Bluetooth to your car, right? It's amazing. And whereas you know like like it, it obviously the form factor was wrong. But the the, the 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 key idea of this should be available to you, uh is, is you know, you should be able to talk on the phone whenever you want. That that has lived and I mean cell phones went through it even, right? Cell phones at first it was only my rich, super douchey friends that had cell phones, right? And <laughs> that, I mean, by the beginning, you know, when, when I started college, I didn't know a single person that had a cell phone, but in just a few years, by the end of college, a lot of people did, and it wasn't just the rich kids anymore. It was, you know, suddenly, this is really convenient, you know? This is well, and, you to know,
0: everybody. Ben Evans loves to go off about of how we're now at a point where literally after an earthquake in choose your sort of challenged country on Earth, you, you have a fairly significant earthquake then you go to all the people and you're like, hey, in my left hand is a basket of food and in my right hand is a cell phone charger. Totally legitimately and not because it's a bad choice, a lot of people choose that cell phone charger, not that basket of food. Yeah. It has gone from oh. being the privilege of the ultra-elite to a necessity nearly or a survival yeah. tool at least for people yeah. in bad well, places. Mean,
1: yeah, There was a time in world history when running water was only for the super-wealthy. Right. I mean, that's that's now like that is I, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally a, a a right, you know, like fresh clean water in America is something that you don't have to have anything else in this world, but you're going to get access to that. It's pretty amazing. Um, cell phones are, are absolutely ubiquitous. There's going to be there's going to be a HUD that becomes ubiquitous there's going to be wearables that become ubiquitous in some capacity. The form factors could be totally wrong, but the, the, the essential innovation there is, is something that eventually everybody's going to want. Something that, something that monitors and can make suggestions about how to stay healthy in real time and, and how to take care of yourself in real time is incredibly valuable to everybody. And, you know, the, the, the Apple Watch it, you know, could be the form factor, of the wearables, that gets us going in the right direction, right? Thanks so much for letting me. Uh, uh, and I know we kind of we kind of navigated a few different topics. Uh, I hope all's very helpful and uh, uh, in a way that uh, there's some some good content here that your your subscribers will like.
0: Oh, we're going to love it.
1: I will be in touch soon. Okay, listen. Have a great one, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, Blake. Bye bye. All right.